Hello, friend. Thank you so much for joining us on the program today. I'd like to share with you a few Bible verses that to some may be familiar, but to others, this may be the first time you've heard these few verses from the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30 says this, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Who is that one saying I, or my, or me? That is Jesus Christ. And I have a special question for you. Have you found rest? That's the question that the front cover of this gospel track that I'm holding in my hand right now asks. Have you found rest? Dr. Paul Levine, our founder, the man who God used back in 1938 to lay the groundwork of what Bible Tracks Incorporated has become, shares with us a short account, a short anecdote. In the beginning of this gospel track, he says this, During special meetings in Pennsylvania, we went to a small country Sunday school for a Sunday morning service. We sat in the adult class taught by the Sunday school superintendent, Ten minutes before time to close, though, he ran out of ammunition. He stopped talking, so he just stopped, and we waited in ten minutes of silence that seemed like an hour. That night, he came to our meeting across town. I preached about how people can be religious but lost. He came into the prayer room and accepted Christ, and as he was leaving, he shook my hand, smiled, and said, Paul... The next time you sit in my class, I'll have something to talk about. And Dr. Paul Levine, the writer of this track, concludes that story with six years later, I did see him again, and he was still rejoicing in his salvation. You may be out there very much religious, very much with an outward show of quote-unquote godliness, but lost as all get out. Maybe even, like this man, you teach a Sunday school class. Maybe you're an usher at your church. Maybe you help count the money. Maybe you put something in the offering plate every time it passes you by. Maybe you'd be called a good church member. Maybe to some in your church, it would surprise them to find out that you have not found rest, that you have not come unto him and given him your burden. Maybe you're lost today. If you don't know Christ as your eternal Lord and Savior, would you call out today? You could word a simple prayer like this. It doesn't have to be these exact words, but you could say this, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I've been living a lie and playing a game, but I want to get serious today. Will you save me? Take me to heaven when I die? Wash away my sin? Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Amen. You know, Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you and I could have this perfect thing called salvation. The question is, have you found rest? If you'd like more information, or maybe you're a Christian and you'd like this particular gospel track, it has a beautiful front cover on it with a beautiful script font. I think you'll love it. Have you found rest? You can find it at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org.
today in the Bible study from the book of Nehemiah. If you'll find your place there, book of Nehemiah, we're going to ask an intense question. You know, oftentimes you can tell a lot about a person or a situation by what they put first in their life, what they prioritize. Well, our question has something to do with that. What comes first in your life, faith or family? What comes first, faith or family? Now, I mentioned yesterday, before we dive too deep into the Bible study, that this week I have the opportunity to be at the Midwest Christian Boys Football Camp. You can find out more info, I won't go in-depth today, at mancamp1994.org. That's mancamp1994.org. It's a phenomenal camp that I came to as a young man, made a lot of great decisions. I'll, I'll put it this way, the quantity... And the quality of good decisions that are made at this camp during the preaching services. I've been to a lot of camps, a lot of conferences, a lot of seminars, a lot of youth rallies, youth summits, you name it. This camp just may be the absolute best in America right now. And I'm so privileged to be a part of it. But one of the great things is that I get to serve alongside my family. We'll talk more about that tomorrow, but my two brothers are here. My sister-in-laws are here. My brother in, brothers-in-law are here. My mom and my dad, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, all of them are here during this camp week. Realize that with 250 young men and a football camp and all of those things, it requires a lot of manpower. But I'm so glad it's really a miniature family reunion this year. But what happens if you or me what if we are put in the difficult position of having to choose between faith or family? Let's look at Nehemiah chapter 6, verse number 17. Nehemiah 6, 17. By way of context, you will remember that Sambalat and Tobiah, those men were evil men. They were workers of iniquity. They wanted nothing more than to halt or pause or stop the work of God being done through Nehemiah and the people of God as they were rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Here's what Nehemiah 6.17 says. Moreover, in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters unto Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came unto them. For there were many in Judah sworn unto him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Ara, and his son Jehanan had taken the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Berechiah. Also, they reported his good deeds before me and uttered my words to him, and Tobiah sent letters to put me in fear. Now, let's, let's unpack what we just read here. Tobiah, a man who we see all through the history of the book of Nehemiah, wanted nothing more than to irritate and pause and mess up the work of God that was being done through Nehemiah and the people of God. But some of the nobles of Judah because they were kinfolk, because they were family, felt more loyalty to this hater of God's work. This man who wanted nothing more than to cause issues and problems. They, because they were family, became spies. Not only did they try to talk up Tobiah to Nehemiah, they tried to talk about all of his quote-unquote good deeds, they carried messages from Tobiah. They were a part of 
information gathering, if you want to call it that, on behalf of Tobiah and taking those gossipy words and those things spoken in secret, they took them directly to Tobiah. And all the while, this man Tobiah is writing letters and posting things and and putting information out, trying to strike fear in the heart of Nehemiah. And through it all, these nobles of Judah... These people who are supposed to be part of the quote-unquote family of God are working on his behalf. They made a very clear choice. Family over faith. When it comes down to brass tacks for you and your life, is there anything that will stand between you and your love for God, my friend? Remember what Jesus said. Now, realize he's using some figurative language. But he said, if I can paraphrase, our love for God should be so strong that it almost appears that we hate our family. Now, I'm not telling you to be disrespectful. The Bible talks, take it with some context. The Bible talks about being respectful, being obedient, and all of those things to our parents and treating our family right. But our love for God should be so incredibly strong that everyone else's partnership with us, everyone else's fellowship with us, the familial relationships that we have with anyone else should pale in comparison to the love that we have for him. This topic brings to mind the account that you can find in the first book of Samuel of the priest Eli and his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. The Bible describes Hophni and Phinehas as sons of Belial. They were living a a licentious and immoral lifestyle. And Eli, the father of Hophni and Phinehas, maybe out of an overabundance of grace, maybe because he thought it would drive his sons away, maybe because he didn't have the intestinal fortitude, I'm not sure why, would not demand a sense of discipline and order and agreement with the policies and commandments of God from his two sons. And as a result, Hophni and Phinehas, and it later ends up Eli, all are basically struck down by God because, in the end, Eli chose family over faith. I've got to ask you, what comes before God in your life? Even something as good and as powerful and as appropriate it would seem as family cannot displace God Almighty. I'd like to read Psalm chapter 62. Psalm 62 says this, Truly, my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. He only, the psalmist says, is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Verse number five continues the same theme. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. The conclusion of Psalm 62, verse number 12, pay attention here. Also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. 
Can I repeat the question that I asked at the beginning? Which comes first? Faith or family? May I be very careful to be balanced in this discussion. Your family, for most people, is your first ministry. For me as an evangelist, one of the reasons that I travel so often with my family is because I did not get called into evangelism at the expense of my family. God did not ask me to give my family up so that I could preach the gospel all over America and the world. No friend, I have the opportunity to raise up two little girls and to be a husband to my wife while doing ministry. But if your family ever takes precedence, See, the devil doesn't always need you to do bad things to get out of the will of God. Sometimes he can use good things. Let's be very careful. Faith or family. Have a great day for his glory. God bless you and your family. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.